Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? Bonte Hill, the morning roll 6 to 9, Monday through Friday right here on 9570 Game. Now back to Willard and Dibs. What are you guys doing? What are you doing? Hey, Dibs, what is that? Is that a 2, 3, 4? Come on, coach. It's an Uno. It's a 1. <laughs> a little forced. Forced, and uh, it's not what are you guys doing, it's what are you doing. Yeah. That's kind of our... Our catchphrase. And I appreciate you adopting it as you go to the phones. Let's go to the phones, 888-957-9570. We need you to carry us today on this uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> Eve show. But it's just, what are you doing? And it can be a number of different what are you doings. And I'm looking forward to asking our next guest exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, what's coming up on the game here is brought to you by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. And Tim Roy is coming up, helping us get ready for the Warriors uh, and the Clippers and then the Warriors and the, wait a minute, the Utah Jazz? I thought they were tanking this year, Dibs. They're pretty good. What the what? Warriors are the defending champs. They're struggling. And the Utah Jazz playing well. Is anything real in the world anymore, to quote the great Bill King? Right. It's I don't know what it is. I mean, the Kings are the three seed right now. Lakers they don't Warriors lose, and they out. won at Memphis last night. Yeah, they beat everybody. Did you see that video of John Morant uh, whispering in the ear of uh, one of the Kings' foul shooters late in the game? Don't miss. Oh, really? And he knocks them both down, and then next possession, closing seconds, John Morant gets fouled, and he missed. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy start to this uh, this NBA season. What would you say is the one thing the Warriors have to do starting tonight to, to get things at least headed in the right direction? In my opinion, there's not a simple, boom, we're fixed, we're good to go. But obviously there are things they can do to improve. What's number one? If Dibs goes in there, all right, guys, look, tonight we just got to what? Get a stop. I mean, pretend like defense matters. And that's where... You know, team defense-wise, they've been a little bit shaky. And, you know, it, it seems like individually, defensively, it's been a struggle as mm-hmm. well. All right. Nice enough to join us right now with more on that. The outstanding, le- dare I say, legendary voice of the Golden State Warriors, the one and only Tim Roy. Tim, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for your time. How encouraged have you been, Tim, by uh, Clay's play the last two games before w- whatever that was in New Orleans? 
Well, first of all, you have to really work on your legends. I think <laughs> you, you, you really need to upgrade your legends. Um, I think I, I think Clay. I, I think is just he's Clay, and and he's gonna, he, you know, he 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 started slow before, and he'll probably start slow again in his career. And so, uh, just to see him have fun and to get back to who he was, uh, that was great. And then now, you know, again, I I, I last year I said that, and I really believe this. I don't think we can really judge Clay until the second half of this year. Then he's had a full year of games under his belt. He's coming off two horrific injuries. And so I think at that point, we'll get an idea of who the everyday Clay is going to be. Is it going to be the same? Well, no, it's never It's never the same, right? You know, but after injuries like that. But, you know, what, what's, what's it going to be like? And I think that's what we're, we're kind of looking toward and, and working toward. And, and you guys were talking about defense. And, and getting a stop. Well, um, I, before the New Orleans game in my hotel room, there I was doing a little work, and I just just for giggles went back and and tried to match up what my eyes were seeing to the numbers. And so I ran uh, the Warriors numbers after the 0-5 road trip and going into the New Orleans game before everybody took, you know, they had the uh, the night off and, and they got blasted by the Pelicans. And in those seven games after that road trip, the Warriors were a top 10 offensive team and a top 10 defensive team. So they were starting to get back. You know, their defensive rebounding numbers in that stretch went from 28 to 20. Not great, but as a as the kids like to say, trending in the right direction. <laughs> so they were getting better on the defensive end. They were starting to put together some games where they, you know, had their defense kind of tied together and nobody let go of the rope, so to speak. So um so I think they were trending in the right direction. Let's see if they can take that into the second quarter of the season. And then when we get to the 40-game mark, we're at the halfway point. You know, let's see where their defense is there. You mentioned the second quarter, talking about the second quarter of the season. But what about the second quarter of games? It seems like that's been a little bit of a, of a bugaboo for this team. What can Steve Kerr do in terms of that second unit to get them to play a little bit more like the first team does? I think they got to just kind of write it out and keep experimenting. You know, we've seen Looney with that group. We've seen Draymond with that group. And I think they're trying to find different combinations. But these are guys who, A, have not played major minutes, in, in the case of the young guys, in, in a steady role. And then, B, they're also, you know, groups that have not played together as a group. So it's going to take a little time, I think, for those, those you know, and uh, that group to come together. And, you know, they don't have to be world you know beaters they all they have to do is maintain whatever the starters have given them and so um so that that to me is it's going to be a work in progress and i think we all kind of um underestimated how difficult it is for 20 year olds to really learn how to play in the nba you know we saw the flashes of the potential of kaminga and moody and wiseman over the years then we forget that you know, when you put them out there for 25 minutes a night, they're going to show at times just how young they are. And I think that's, again, it, it's it's something we have to kind of just take a deep breath and say, okay, this is going to be a work in progress, and you're going to have to go through stretches where it's not going to look pretty. Tim Roy with us on 95.7 The Game. Tim, we had Coach Curran. It was a day after that, that, that Phoenix loss, and I asked him, 
you know, because we all know the Warrior defense hasn't been what we expect it to be, and we know it can get better, but so far it, it hasn't been what we have thought it would be. So I, I, I asked him when did he first notice that the defense wasn't Warrior-like defense. He said the first game, late in that first game, the opener against the Lakers, he said we were giving up too many transition baskets. How about to your eye? Was there a time, a game, a play where you first noticed this season that, hmm, okay, defensively this team has some work to do? Well, it was hammered home to me in the, in the game in Detroit when the Pistons were getting the ball and they if they had one, they had five, where they took the ball at midcourt and whoever had the ball went on a drive and got all the way to the cup. Mm-hmm. And never nobody got in front of them. Nobody came over to help. Uh, these are straight line drives. They're going right to the rim. And so uh, that... That to me was like okay, this team has to go back to square one defensively, and you know, kind of you know relearn what they already know, and and uh, so yeah, that that was the moment where I I said okay, this team has a lot of work to do defensively, and then uh, they still do. Tim, what do you make of the home road disparity, and what do you cite as the reasons for the fact that they've been so good at home and yet so bad on the road? Again, I think part of it is the consistency part, and and, and uh, what happens is the you know we've seen we saw it in Houston. You know the starters get off to a great start, and then we mix in the guys off the bench, and all of a sudden that lead goes away. Now you're fighting. Now you're fighting the rest of the game with a team that now has confidence. You know a. You're the defending champions. What does that mean? That means every night, everybody is fired up to play you. You're not going to sneak up on anybody this year. And so you have to be ready for that. In the past, the Warriors had veteran teams who were ready for that. They knew what was going on. This is not that type of a team. And so, and then B... Uh, I think what happens, too, especially we saw it in Houston, you give young players confidence, like the Warriors gave those Rocket players some confidence, and all of a sudden now you're in this dogfight, and you had to have a great game from the Splash Brothers to win that game. So to me, it's, it's, it's getting a lead, maintaining a lead on the road, and not giving the other team the belief that they can come back and win the game. And so far, for the most part, the Warriors have not done that on the road, and, and they need to find that. And they need to have, you know, DiVincenzo to step up, Jermichael Green to step up. They need to have Kaminga and Moody have a good game on the road so that the starters don't have to come back in and work so hard just to get the lead back and then also win the game. All right, Tim Roy, we know that uh, you've been working in the NBA for a long time. You're a real student of the game. You're probably one of the few people who would really appreciate the fact that I'm wearing a San Diego sales t-shirt today. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. How about that? Yeah. I, have a, I have a San Diego Conquistador t-shirt. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah. that's one of the ones I like. So. Yeah. So in all your time covering the league, have you ever seen a player get better in his mid-30s the way Steph Curry seems to be doing before our very eyes? Boy, uh, I would have to say no, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Because, you know, before the last five, ten years, I don't think we had the type of training, the type of attention to detail with nutrition and sleep and and workouts that we have now. You know, the, the Warriors and everybody else in the NBA is traveling, a whole bunch of people who never were on the road before, and they work with these guys all the time. Players are always either stretching, they're, they're working on their bodies, they're getting their bodies looked at, they're lifting weights. You know, 
even uh, yesterday morning before we left New Orleans, I went down to try to make the day a push in, in the workout room, and uh, <laughs> nice. and uh, and there, you know, there's two or three players in there lifting weights, and among them was was Steph Curry, and and so. Uh, before this time, when a guy would hit his mid thirties, that's when you would start to see the decline. You know, they lose a step. They get, you know, they're not as dynamic as they used to be. They don't explode in the air the way they used to be. Now we're seeing players, you know, not only uh, maintain what they have, and in Steph's case, get better. I mean, he's stronger. Yeah. He's smarter. Uh, he's he finishes. You know, is there a better finisher in the game than he is right now? I mean, I don't think so because he can finish with either hand. He takes hits on the way to the ba- basket. Um, it's remarkable. And then, no, I don't think we've seen this before. And I think a part of it is what you know teams are doing to help their players, and part of it is just staff refuses to get old. I mean, not only does he look like he's 19, he's playing like he's 19. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's been incredible, and just watching him uh, put up 50, unfortunately, in a losing effort is just uh, awe-inspiring. Jordan Poole is a player that I'm a little bit confused about. It seems like one night he is aggressive and confident, and the next night he's not sure what he's supposed to be. What do you make of where Jordan Poole's been so far through 20 games? I think it's um, it's a combination of factors, and I think one, the one is that you know teams are are ready for him. Just like you're you're the defending champions. Well, now Jordan Poole is in everybody's morning walkthrough. Okay, you know, okay, mm-hmm. we got to watch this guy. He likes to do this. He's going to try to get to the basket. We got to stay in front of him. We got to give help when you know he's on uh, when he's got his defender on an island. And so people are talking about Jordan Poole as a way to you know combat the Warriors. That's number one. He's getting more attention. Number two, he signed a big extension. I think psychologically, what that does to a player sometimes is that they try and I've said this a couple times, they try to earn all the money in the first week. You know, they try to say, okay, I've got to prove I'm worth this extension now. And I think in Jordan's case, you know, he pressed a little bit the start of the season. He was trying a little bit too hard. He's slowly and surely, you know, coming back to who he is. I, we see signs of it, uh, but we haven't seen the consistency we saw in in recent days. And I think that's another part where I think we'll see some experimentation, you know, from the, the Warriors coaching staff to try to find a way or a group to get him out there to get him jump-started. Maybe he gets into the game, you know, earlier to play with the starters to get his rhythm going, and then, you know, he works in with the second group. So uh, I, I think, you know, you'll see different combinations, I think, in, in the weeks to come to try to figure out how to get Jordan into a good space. Yeah, Steve Kerr has pointed that out as well, Tim. And as you know, you know, Bo Lamar went through something very similar with the Conquistadors. Bo Lamar. Fans get uh, replica rings tonight. And the Warriors were nice enough to bring some in today. Of course, you have the real deal. If I, If we may ask... Uh, where you keep your rings? Do you do you break them out for special occasions? I or? can't tell you where I keep my rings. That that would that, you know that's going to tip everybody off to where they are. But do you have but that, that, that flex try. moment though, Tim? Do you ever yeah. just like flash one yeah. out? Like in, in and at what time do you feel like you know what? You I know, need to flash or, on somebody. Yeah, yeah. I I occasionally I'll wear one out to dinner, and and one of the reasons why that. I do that is that that people will stop and they they look at it and to me it's like that that may be their only chance to ever get close to something like that hmm. so um you know if they you know they get a little bit of a 
uh, a joy out of that, then uh, then I'm, I'm all for that because it, it is special. It's it's a it's a different thing, and I think people you know appreciate the fact that they get a chance to look at it or take a picture with it and things like that. So I do wear it once in a while when I go out to dinner and 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 with friends and and you know maybe the the waiter or somebody you know walking nice. by will see it and and uh, I I like it because again it may be their one chance to get close to something like that, and so if I can be that conduit and maybe we make another warrior fan out of him so uh wow. you know so there you go by the way i would be just to, to i looked up the sales on basketball reference which is a wonderful yes. website if you're a geeky uh nba guy like me they were coached by bill musselman yes they were wow yeah, yeah. they only lasted 11 games and you have a t-shirt of a team <laughs> that only played 11 games yeah what happened was they were they changed their imaging because they wanted to get into the nba and then they found out jack king couldn't cook and the lakers said we ain't letting san diego into the nba so the sales said all right we're done thanks everybody so that's that, that's that was the end of the party when they found out they wouldn't be part of the merger. Yeah, and then D- Donald Sterling then just said, no, I don't care. Yeah. We'll be the Clippers. Yeah, there you go. So, there you uh, have it. Yeah. But, yeah. But, by the way, the Clippers were the old Buffalo Braves, if people don't know. And they, right. had a guy, they had a guy named Bob McAdoo on that team, and oh. he could fill it up. Yes, he Let me could. tell you, he could, yeah. he could score. They were coached by Jack Ramsey, one of the greatest coaches ever to be in our game. They wore these sweet powder blue jerseys, and they took the Celtics to six games in like the mid-'70s in the playoffs. And they had one more player, I think. They would have uh, one more really good player. They probably would have been a team to maybe right. have a threat at a title. So. Ernie D. Gregorio and Randy yes. Smith and Jim McMillan and Garfield Hurd and Bob McAdoo. There Garfield go. Hurd. Yeah. The shop I'll leave around you the two world. alone, Tim. You guys can go ahead. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. You guys can go ahead and wax poetic. Uh, and I'll I know. see you all it's on a, It's a holiday week, yeah. It, um, it is a holiday week. Yeah. Tim, is it too early to look at the this week and the games with the, the Clippers and the Jazz and try to judge their significance for the Warriors in the conference race? Because obviously they're in a hole here and you got two teams, one team that we knew was going to be good and one team that's like, wow, where does this come from? Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because I never look at the standings too much, but I did the other day just to see where you know the Warriors were fitting in. They're fine. They're, they they were, uh, I think before the game in New Orleans, I think they were like two and a half games out of a home court. Uh, everybody in the West has six losses. You know, I mean, it just seems like you know all these teams are beating up on each other. So I don't think it's significant for the standings. I think what to me it's it's how the Warriors play. You know, these two games, so just take these two games. If they play well in these two games and say they win both games and win it the right way, you know, getting back defensively, getting defensive rebounds, trying to keep the transition points to a minimum, not, you know, fouling on every possession or turning the ball over every other possession. If they do those kind of things and, and they play better, then I think that's a better indication of where they are. As far as the standings go right now, I mean, they're probably, I didn't look this morning, but they're probably on the outside looking into a play-in, but not by much. And again, they're uh, at the very worst, they're four games in the loss column out of first place. So th- there's plenty of time to, to find their 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 footing, if you will, in the Western Conference race. Just because everybody's balanced. If it was in the East, you know, then you're saying, okay, well, one and two is probably off the table with Milwaukee and Boston playing so well. But right now in the West, everybody is kind of mashed all together, and I think it's it's going to be really fun for the fans, though, because I think as we come down the stretch in this season, there's going to be about 12 teams in the Western Conference that are going to have a lot of big games in the second half of the season. 
Thanks for your time, Tim. Have a great call tonight. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to one and all. Enjoy your your time with your your loved ones. You know, the as you get older, you, you're reminded of the fact that uh, these moments don't come by as frequently as we think they're going to come by. So enjoy it all, and uh, we'll talk to you tonight from Chase Center. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. See you guys. Yeah, enjoy the turkey, yeah. turkey leg. I prefer the turkey thighs of the industry myself. Yeah, sure, it's uh-huh. you know. Uh, by the way, you want to make sure you tune in to Warriors Live on 95.7 The Game, presented by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet, only from Xfinity. I should have read that when Tim was here. We could have talked about the Seattle supersonics because of that supersonic Wi-Fi. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thanks for the time, Tim. Could you stick around for another half an hour as I ask you questions about the 1970s ABA? We're talking basketball. We're talking yeah. basketball. It's like, uh, working, it's like watching the History Channel when you're in. I, I, I love it. The San Jose, what hmm. are they? Because yeah. I can't see your shirt because the monitor's no, blocking. No, San Diego sales. Oh, San, San, Diego. San Diego sales. Sales. Yeah. Sales. Yeah. sales. Moss, Emos's dad was the coach, and I think Eric was running around at the time. Yeah. And they lasted eleven games, and then eleven games. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks for coming. Yeah. But they left an indelible mark. <laughs> they sure did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On yeah. you and Tim and a couple other people. You, do you like what Tim's saying about how they're fine? Yeah, the standings, I understand where he's coming from, and he's seen a lot of basketball for a long time, but the Warriors right now, they're fine. You buying that? Yeah. I mean, based on the standings, you have to buy it because you look at the Western Conference and Phoenix and Utah are in a virtual tie atop standings the can't be right because Sacramento's near the top, so they can't well, be right. And if you look at it, the Lakers are currently the 14th seed and they're only five and a half games out. And I know that the Lakers aren't very good. And San Antonio is right with them. Also not very good. But you look at the Warriors 8 and 10, the 11th seed. Mm-hmm. They're three and a half games away from being number one in the conference. So as bad as they've been, it's really not them being left for dead because the conference is so packed in, as Tim said. Right. The standings tell you that you should be fine. It's just a matter of doing the things that you need to do, that they all need to do, and they've made some strides there. Time for, well, I don't know if this is a rumor, Dibs. There's a guy that, according to reports, may be made available uh, by his current team. In the association? A veteran, an NBA oh. veteran. Oh. Can I throw him out there? And you you tell me whether you think good fit for the Warriors, no fit, no thanks. Okay. Got to get him. Sure. Yahoo Sports reporting the Utah Jazz are looking to move on from veteran Rudy Gay. What do you think? If you're the Warriors? I like Rudy Gay. Do you? Good veteran piece. I don't know how much he can help you defensively. Uh, he seems to me a little bit long in the tooth. What's he, he is. 36 now? Uh, I'd have to check, he's, but he's been he's around a while. There. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he could still get buckets, but this team is not a team that needs a bucket getter. You were exactly but, right, by the way. Well done, 36. Yeah, and I like a good veteran presence. You know, so. it's, it's almost creepy how much you know about Rudy Gay. I actually like Rudy Gay, and uh-huh. uh, I thought in the last, a couple of years ago that he would have been a perfect fit for this team as they were looking for veteran presence coming off the bench. I'm a little concerned with how much Rudy Gay can actually play. I mean, he's not going to be able to be a 30-minute-a-night guy anymore. Rudy Gay, by the way, possible Hall of Famer. I think he's got a, a good Hall of Fame case to make. He had a very good career. Not the basketball Hall of Fame. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the Rudy Hall of Fame. He's a really good bowler or something. I, mean, you I don't know. You don't think so? I know that when he came into the league, yeah, he was a really high draft pick, and he was supposed to be a star in Memphis, and they traded him for a while there. Everybody that traded him then went make the playoffs. And I think, After you know, they he traded him. Ter- yeah, he had a terrible Achilles injury and came back quickly from that. I don't know if he's efficient enough. Have to look at his numbers. 
worst. I don't know if he's efficient enough to help the worst because you gotta you gotta be able to make shots. Anybody can take yeah. shots, but yeah. I'm sure somebody they'll look at. So yeah, yeah, he's playing uh, 16 minutes a game for Utah, which you know you could see the way his career is kind of. How's he shooting out. the three ball dibs? Uh, he's shooting it at 26.5 percent. Why do yeah. Yeah, he's shooting three threes a game. Yeah. He's, you know, about one for three, roughly one for three, a little bit worse, four and a half points a game. So Plus, he's taking, he's probably, if Rudy Gay comes in, in a way, he's taking some minutes from Kuminga, and I don't want that right now. So. But it's not like Kuminga's earning minutes. I know. So somebody's going to have to take those minutes because, you know, Kuminga right now is not a guy that Steve Kerr has faith to play. So somebody's got to take those minutes. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that he's taking Kuminga's minutes. Kuminga's gift. Excuse me, giving those minutes up. I don't know. I just right now, I'd rather have Kaminga playing than Rudy Gay. But something to keep uh, an eye on. Coming up next, by the way, this is uh, brought to you by Lucky California. Jesse Sapolo won how many Super Bowls with the 49ers? Not one, not two, not three. Four? Yeah. Yeah. And you say he lives in oh. Mexico now? I think so. Yeah. That's what I had heard. Yeah. I'll so have to confirm that. He was there for the uh, 49ers-Cardinals game. Does Jesse uh, think that this 49er team is a Super Bowl team? We'll find out when he joins us next right here. It's Willard and Dibbs. Whitey in for Willard. 95-7 the game. <laughs> Seven, the game. Now back to my two guys. I actually feel like I do a show with them on the changeover. Willard and Dibs, right here on 95.7 The Game. Gooby back on uh, Monday. Mark Willard back on Monday. Yeah, Whitey Gleason in for Mark Willard. So this is Willard and Dibs. Whitey in for Willard. And this is brought to you by ChooseChange.org. And 49er fans, Dibs, still basking in the afterglow of that uh, dominant win yeah. over Arizona in Mexico City. And I apologize to the listeners. It was one of my lies of the industry, saying that Jesse Sapolo lives in Mexico. He oh, doesn't, well, but he was, he was in Mexico. Yeah. So. Uh, 49ers center and guard from 83 through 97, four-time Super Bowl champ, the great Jesse Sapolo with us. Jess, you were, you were in Mexico City Monday night. How did the atmosphere compare to anything you've ever seen uh, in a football game before? Well, it was electric. and uh, You know, I went to uh, Mexico 17 years ago when we first played there. Uh, Alex Smith was a rookie. And uh, we played Arizona. So at that particular time, you know, I, I felt like we were still trying to promote the game. It's a whole lot different now, you know, because they, they show two games on Sunday. They show the Monday night game and they have a Thursday night. So over the years, people are understanding the game. Uh, nothing is more, uh, <clears throat> you know, enticing than uh, a fourth down and one and your season is, uh, you know, depending on making that one yard. I think the people understand the excitement of that. It's a whole lot different now. I mean, the, the excitement Monday night was unbelievable. And the thing that was so funny, we were laughing about it. The warm-ups is every time they show a 49er player, the, the fans erupted and everybody did. Every time they showed a, a Arizona player, they booed. And, uh, and yet it was an Arizona game. So it made us very proud. 
Yeah, it's crazy that that was a, quote, home game yeah. for uh, Arizona. And maybe that's why I thought you lived in Mexico, Jesse, is because you were there 17 years ago <laughs> when, uh, when Alex Smith was a rookie. Aside from the unbelievable atmosphere, how about that product the Niners are putting out on offense? That's got to be one of the most dynamic offenses we've seen from the 49ers in some time. Well, yeah. you know, And, and the thing that I have always known as a player is, um, just because you have a lot of weapons doesn't mean it's just, it's just gonna, you know, you're not just gonna throw it out there and things are gonna work out. It's gonna take a little time for Kyle to put it together, you know, because people assume that everybody has to have their touches. It doesn't work out that way. It's, it's finding a way for us to win. I think Debo, you know, um, showed up big time this time, uh, for the first time this year. It's just uh, maneuvering the ability for us to maximize using the weapons that we have. But it doesn't happen automatically. Because I remember in 94, you know, we had Dion and all these stars, uh, and yet we got blown out by uh, Philadelphia. So it took us a little while to put it together. And once we did, um, we were unstoppable. But uh, it, it was a very encouraging sign because Kittle got his touches. Ayuk is coming on, uh, you know, strong this year. Debo, you know, was Debo Monday night, and of course McCaffrey made a big difference. And people forget we got Mitchell and Jennings on top of that, so uh, we have a great team, and we have a coach that's innovative enough uh, to bring us together. It, sometimes it takes a little time for us to get in rhythm. Jesse Sapolo, our guest here on 95.7 The Game, he was there in Mexico City uh, Monday night. Jess, one time Anthony Munoz uh, told me that zone blocking is more fun for an offensive lineman because it's almost like you're in a, a seek and destroy mission. Now, I don't know how much, I, I apologize, I'm not sure how much zone blocking you did, but do you agree with that as, a, as opposed to just straight downhill on a zone blocking, which the Niners do a lot of? Is it kind of more fun in some ways for an offensive lineman? Yes, it is, because it doesn't give the defense one spot to defend. You know, the zone is, is a flowing type of play that could hit the front side, but if you overcommit yourself as a defender, that running back could hit it back to your backside. So it gives us a chance to utilize that area of the field and keep them guessing. That's what zone blocking is all about. Now, the type of players that are good at zone blocking are the kind of offensive linemen that are athletic and that can keep their balance. So, yeah, the West Coast is really Mm -hmm. uh, the inside zone, outside zone, and you know, back in the day when we used to run with Ricky Waters and Roger Clay. Yeah, quite a tandem there and quite a uh, couple of running backs the 49ers had. This offensive line's been maligned throughout the majority of the year, but no sacks allowed in Mexico City and a, a line that appears to be rounding into shape. What do you make of that five-man unit? It's easy to look at Trent Williams and say he's a Hall of Famer, but the totality of that O-line has got to be pretty impressive right now. Well, I've always been impressed with our line. I think it was a surprise of the year uh, because I, I remember four years ago, uh, Aaron Donald wrecking the game by himself. You know, when the, when the Niners were, was just starting to build under under Kyle Shanahan. The thing that's impressive about this group is we've already played the Rams twice, and Aaron Donald has not wrecked the game, and yet we got two rookies starting on two of the three inside guys. You know, I talked to Trent uh, during pregame on Monday night, and I and I told him that great job just bringing these two young young uh, studs al- along because at the end of the day, 
an offense can only go as far as those five guys up front. We can Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We have all the weapons that we need, but if Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing from his backside, it ain't going to work. So those five guys up front are doing a great job, and, and the fact that uh, Coach Forrester and, and Trent leading the way to bring those guys along is uh, it's a good thing for us to see. Uh, Jesse Sapolo with us. And speaking of Jimmy, I think one of the things that Jimmy does well that maybe he doesn't get enough credit for is the fact that he gets the ball out so quickly. Uh, which quarterback that you, I think I know the answer, but which quarterback that you protected got the ball out the quickest? And, and how much easier did that make your job? <clears throat> well, you know, the guy that gave us four rings <laughs> is the guy that ran the, the offense uh, better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, you know, because if you remember, Steve Young was the Michael Vick of our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he always knew he was fast. And in the beginning of his career, I think he, he was depending on that. Uh, the shame about it is when Steve Young uh, got better, we went on to win the Super Bowl. He threw six touchdown passes in the Super Bowl. And when he got hit uh, in that blitz in Arizona that ended his career, I thought Steve Young was even better then than hmm. even the year we won the Super Bowl. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, Steve Young got better at doing it, you know, and uh, but Joe Montana was a master at getting the ball out and putting it in a spot where uh allows the receivers to catch the ball and, and run for some extra yards. And this is a team that has all kinds of extra yards. The Yak Bros in particular and what Debo does when he has the ball in his hands. How much do you see improvement in Jimmy Garoppolo, not only getting the ball out of his hands, but also in being able to diagnose what the defense is presenting him play to play? And I think that's Jimmy's strength. You know, uh, if you listen to the media, you would think that we got the worst quarterback in the whole NFL. Not us, Jesse. Not us here. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm talking about the, oh, the okay. national guys that I watch. You know, when I wake up in the morning, uh, 
you know, but I know Jim is good enough to win the championship for us. The one stat that stands out is that when Jimmy plays, we win. And I tell people this all the time. I got four rings, but I also lost four NFC championship games. But the reason I got my four rings because we we win every year to take your shot. And two of the last four years, Jimmy took us to the Super Bowl. And we were uh, an interception away from going back to the Super Bowl this past year. It beats uh, it, it beats going two, two and fourteen, you know, four and and twelve type of deal. And how you win the championship is consistently taking your shot. And I think the the Forty Nine er fans, when Jimmy played last year, and even the year we went to the Super Bowl, even though we 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 got heartbroken by losing those games, but we'd rather do that than. You know, uh, the Raiders right now, they're already thinking about 2023. So mm-hmm. uh, I think Jimmy is the guy that can win for us because we got the weapons around him, and he played a great game the other night. Yeah, Jess, some of those people that criticize Garoppolo, I don't know if they're if they're watching football or maybe just looking at it. I don't know. But let's ask you, an expert on winning Super Bowls as a 49er, of course, nobody knows what's going to happen. But based on what you've experienced, what you've seen the last few years, where this team is now, do you look at this team and say, yeah, that is a, that's a team that could win a Super Bowl this year? Yeah, and I, and I was asked that question in, uh, by the media in Mexico, you know, uh, comparing the some of the great teams I played on. And, you know, Charles Haley, uh, Brian Young, and myself, and Steve Wallace, you know, I, I answered the question, you know, th- this team has weapons. And it's very comparable to the teams that I played on. You know, you look at the receivers. We had John Taylor and Jerry Rice. We got Kittle. We had Brent Jones. You know, we uh, the running backs. Uh, but the difference is they have to close the deal for their legacy to, to be cemented. Uh, and that's all they need to do is take it one game at a time, get better as we go, get hot in the playoffs, and then close the deal. Because if they don't close the deal, that's just part of the history of the NFL. Uh, they don't remember who finished second place. Jesse Sapolo, thank you so much for your time, Jess, and the football lesson. We appreciate it. Hope you have a great uh, holiday, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Happy Thanksgiving to the faithfuls, and uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, Very well. Feliz Navidad, Jesse. Enjoy yeah. enjoy your time in Mexico. Who are those people that he's talking about, those Garoppolo critics? So, no, he's talking about the media, and I asked him point blank <laughs> if he was talking about us, and more particularly me, and he said no. So yeah. you can go ahead he's and point nice. that somewhere else. He's being nice. No, he's, he's being fair and balanced, unlike yeah. you, always trying to, to throw me under the bus, trying to corner me as we, some sort of Jimmy hater, which we, I'm not. We disagreed yesterday on how well Jimmy played. I don't think it has anything to do with how uh, the 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 way I, the brush that I paint you with. I mean, you were like, yeah, he was okay. He was okay. No, Let I, me say I this. Even better than okay. You were swooning over him Let like me. he was the second coming of of uh, Norm Van Brocklin, <laughs> who I know that you, you covered in your days as a youth reporter. Yeah, I think he will well before my time. Okay, but, uh, maybe, I, a little maybe not. Um, let me say this. We disagreed yesterday. All right, but you know, it's, you know the holidays are almost here. So I'm going to extend uh, a turkey leg in your direction. Okay. I'm, not dis- I'm not agreeing with you on Jimmy, but what I'm saying here, Dibs, is looking at some numbers today, I understand where you're coming from. Okay? Can you at least meet halfway in that? Sure. I get where you're coming from because I found this today. Maybe you saw this. Uh, highest yak percentage of passing yards. So that's the quarterbacks, the highest percentage of their yards passing right. that are after the catch. Exactly. Yeah. So Kyler Murray is fifth, 56%. It was pretty high. 
Yeah. Uh, they'll throw a lot of screens. Davis Mills is fourth, 56%. I, and I don't know why. I guess he's tiebreaker. Yeah, tiebreaker, yeah. Zach Wilson is third. The Jets announcing today. He ain't starting this week. Yeah, rest in yeah. peace. 57%. Uh, the great uh, Baker Mayfield is second. Baker Mayfield, yeah. 58%. Okay. The highest yak percentage of passing yards. Number one in the NFL so far this year. Is Jimmy Garoppolo sixty three percent? What was that percent? Sixty three. I said sixty three percent. No, you kind of mumbled it. Did I? Is, yeah, you did. It's this microphone. Yeah, it 60, must be. No, I said it. See, so almost two out of every three of his yards, his glorious two hundred and twenty eight yards. Now you're, I'm trying to be nice, and you're taking it too far. No, I'm, I'm really not. No, that's really not true. I'm just pointing out that uh, this is not a surprise to me, and this is kind of what I was saying yesterday in terms of. You know, Jim. Oh, he, he threw four touchdown passes. Yeah, accurate, factually accurate. Right, right. But on three of those touchdowns, he was helped out uh, pretty dramatically by the receiver on the play. But that's all. That's all play design. And Jimmy G has to put, put the ball where yeah. he has to put it. Right. Twenty of twenty nine, four touchdowns is never going to be a bad thing. Yeah, I think perhaps Jesse Sapolo in some way compared him to Montana. Maybe I don't know. Maybe not. But in terms of them that. both playing quarterback for the Niners, sure, I think that was the and comparison. That's, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. That certainly is something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Jimmy G has been, and the one thing that Jesse said, which we all kind of lose sight of many times, is the one thing he knows about Jimmy G is he wins. And that ultimately is the yeah. goal in all of this, right? Yeah. Uh, some people would look at that. In fact, Ray Ratto, last week I was with Ray, and he said, you know, this winning percentage for a quarterback, he says it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Winning percentage, a quarterback's winning percentage. I said, well, it matters if you compare it to what other guys have done in similar situations. And he said, well, no, because we know he's better than, you know, some of the other guy like Mullins and those guys. But still, there's something to be said for as much as he's won. Yes. And, and he, I would actually argue, I'm sorry not to please, cut you off, but please. I would argue that that's the only thing that matters. And I know a quarterback winning percentage is a little bit subjective. Trey Lance actually got credit for the win when he started and Jimmy G came off the bench and, you know, quarterback mm-hmm. the, the final three quarters. That goes down as a Trey Lance win. <laughs> so I know that this can be a little bit skewed. Sure. But ultimately, it's really the only stat that should matter. Mm, wins and losses. Yeah, I, I guess so. But quarterback wins losses. Anyway, onward and upward for the 49ers taking on New Orleans. And then uh, they got who they have after New Orleans. They got some... Who do they have after New Orleans, Kyle? Miami, I believe. Miami, yeah. And then they've got uh, Tampa Mm -hmm. on the horizon. So they have a three-game homestand, so to speak. And then uh, I think they go to Seattle. Then they come back and they've got Washington. And they're staying here the out commanders. left coast the whole time, right? Other and than they the trip go to, to Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Other than a trip to Vegas. I know that we, we had Kittle on a couple weeks ago and I asked him about everything's coming together and he was like, yeah, we go week to week. But I believe after the Arizona game, he acknowledged, yeah, it seems like things are coming together for us. So, yeah. Yeah, things are... time to be a 49er fan. Yeah, great time, actually. And uh, I'm just looking at uh, the slate for tomorrow. We got a triple header tomorrow. Why Thanksgiving football? Which game are you most excited about? Which one are you least excited about? You've got Buffalo at Detroit, the traditional Lions game, 9.30 I am in, in favor morning. of the whole notion that, you know what, the Lions shouldn't be playing that game anymore. If it oh, I, I love the Lions. I love the Lions and the Cowboys. You get and The tradition of that, to me, is something that should never be broken. I, I love the tradition of that. And you know what? Detroit is actually a better watch this year and a better team this year than they yeah, normally are. Yeah. 
And it's a good game against Buffalo, too. So Mm -hmm. Buffalo-Detroit in the morning. Giants-Dallas. You don't always get a divisional game. You know the only reason why I'm not going to watch Giants and Cowboys? I'm going to listen to it on 95.7 The Game. Look, that's a great uptake right there. You could have ticked it a little harder, but uh, (laughs) you brought it home. It won't overdo it. Patriots and the uh, Vikings is the night game. So which of the three are you most... Which one has your nads pumped? Oh, I get caught up in all the... Which one pumps your nads? There is something about the atmosphere... I, I don't think any of them really oh. fit that description. Yeah, really, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I'll play along to an extent. I have but a wife. Yeah. Um, I, Dallas, I'm a sucker for all the festivities around you know the Cowboys. and Either, either they win and they're all happy, and that's like kind of cool to see, or they lose, which is even better. And that game will be over before you guys actually eat. You'll be eating during, because you eat at 5, 5.30. Not true, because tomorrow, because of other circumstances, it's an early dinner tomorrow. Okay. So be early. And will like, you really be more out, of a, out here with the a, in-laws, or will you no, be back in the everyone's, sack? everyone's going to be driving up to the North Country. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, so it'll be early, like actually kind of a lunch, late lunch thing. Oh, like a 1 or 2 o'clock? A little uh, later than that, but... And yeah. will both your daughters be in attendance? Of course or? they Good, will. okay. Because yes, yes, I know yes. you're, a, you're a big, big-time family man. Sure. And I know your daughters love you for some reason, <laughs> but I wasn't sure if they both were <laughs> No, they've got me fooled to this point. Yeah, they so, do. Looking but forward to that. Good. Yeah. So the whole family, and it'll be like a two yeah. o'clock, uh, like Thanksgiving lunch. This isn't up to me. I don't know. You know, I can it's fake a it. Production, sure. Your lovely as it should be, and I can fake it only so long. Area. Yeah, I guess. And then we'll be playing game. What games do you recommend? Board games all over the place. You, you ever play Quirkle? Never played oh, Quirkle. You play that. It's a fun game. Play some of that. Okay. Yeah. You get yeah. Quirkle. Yeah. Any like Scrabble or like uh, any like. You know? Yahtzee, because you can have a million people play, is pretty popular, you know, because, yeah. like, we're going to play. Oh, you got four. Never mind. We're all going to play Yahtzee. Yeah, yeah. But then you got to wait so long between your turns. It's like, I have no idea what I need to go for anymore. It's if you got, like, eight yeah. people shaking. Yeah, it's been 20 minutes since it was my turn. You lose your rhythm. Plus, with I mean, with COVID, you got to, like, every time you, you pass the cup, you got to disinfect that entire cup and all five die, right? Yeah. Well, that's pretty much true with anything these days. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. uh, and you know when you're playing Yahtzee, you know what it is, right? It's the dice of the industry. <laughs> really, I didn't, I didn't realize that. From the five one zero, why don't you play electric? Kyle, no, electric football. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't because we don't, we only have like a three, and that's a two person game. Or, yeah, three, really, we only have four days. <laughs> yeah, <for the> <laughs> seriously. Yeah, uh, as far as Jimmy G goes, uh, someone else there at the five one zero. All you have to do is watch the game, Whitey. Jimmy's not making slick throws. He's not evading rushers. Actually, that was stick throws. He's not making stick throws. He's not evading rushers. Well, he's getting the ball out. He's not evading rushers because he's getting the ball out on time and on schedule. And the offensive and he line doesn't is, get yeah. credit for that. And they're protecting him. No sacks yes. uh, in the Monday night game. NFL.com just released their uh, 32 quarterback rankings. This is from Mark Sessler. Never heard of him. No, he's he's one of their finest reporters. And uh, they've ranked the top 32 quarterbacks. Where do you think Jimmy Garoppolo currently ranks? Is this just on where they are this season? Where they rank right now based on their play this right season? Now based on their place. But only if you would, please. Game show music. He gave you a finger, not the finger, but he gave you a finger. Hey, hold on just a minute is what he yeah. gave me. Yeah, apparently he's editing. He's working on the splice of the industry. Where did that? <laughs> not sure. 
It's a 10. I, <laughs> that might be a 10. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is number one. Jimmy is number nine. And Jimmy is number nine. Okay, wait for the setup. Jesus, act like you've you played off the ball. You just asked me. Okay, go ahead. Act Jeez. like you've played off the ball before. Mahomes is one. Yeah. Zach Wilson is number 32. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. Where do you think Jimmy Garoppolo ranks? Jimmy is... He probably should be higher, but I think right now he would rank. He's got the great passer rating. He does, whether you think that's overrated or not. I, I'm going to put him eighth right now. Yeah, he's lower than eighth. Lower than eighth. Uh, Geno Smith is currently eighth. Uh, they've got Jimmy Garoppolo at 12. Damn it. Which is okay. not bad. Not bad. In between Justin Herbert at 11 and Aaron Rodgers at 13. So is that... Middle of the pack. It's a little. It's lower upper. It's the bottom level. of the top third. Yeah, is what it is. Basically, it's, yeah, it's lower upper level. Upper level. So Jimmy lower right upper. now is a lower upper level quarterback. They go Mahomes, Hurts, Josh Allen, Tua, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields at number seven. What a year he's had! A turnaround year. Then it's Geno Smith, Tom Brady, Dak, 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 Dak. Then Justin Herbert, and uh, then Jimmy G is 12th. Yeah. Up two slots from so last week. we only have like 30 seconds, but if you're redrafting that quarterback class, uh, and I think you guys already talked about this last week. The one with you Trevor Lawrence and all the rest of yes, them? Yes, yes, and Trey and Fields and Zach Wilson. and I still take Trevor Lawrence number one. I'm not a full believer yet in uh, Justin Fields. I think that right now he is... Uh, just basically running quarterback. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't think that he's shown me enough from the pocket to where I would take him over Trevor Lawrence. I agree with you. How about that? We found some that? common ground. Yeah, we did. What's up next on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Doc Pandia joins us next. This this whole thing of uh, load management in the NBA is it a prudent practice or is it freaking science fiction? We find out next. Willard and Dibs. Why do you for Willard ninety five seven the game? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.